Hello, welcome to Academic Coaching Podcast. Today I'm going to share some of my findings and some of my ideas, I think, relating to challenging the academically more able, uh, or should I suggest the lack of challenge the academically more able students get in schools at the moment. Uh, this isn't a new problem. This is a problem that has been going, according to school inspectors, for at least 15 years now. Um, so I've started a educational doctorate. My research has looked at what's happening in schools and what's been happening in schools for the past 15 years. There was a situation where there was a academic coordinator. They were called a gifted and talented coordinator and their role was to oversee the government policy on extending these learners, providing opportunities for these learners and being the conduit for the school as well as disseminating information uh, often linking up with universities and providing summer schools um, and career options and trying to get these particular learners into universities that they hadn't been able to access before um, what they've since claimed uh, since the transition from the Labour government towards the end of 2009 and 10 to the Conservative government is that there's been a decline in achievement from the academically more able students. Um, they did have the title gifted and talented. It was very unpopular with teaching people, teaching people with teachers. Um, and the initiative was scrapped. Uh, my interest comes from a different angle. Uh, I'm a teacher. And I just enjoy teaching the academically more able. That's the label I'm going to use. There could be others, but I suspect most of them are going to be quite controversial. But um, maybe you'll find this interesting. The data used comes at a time when pupils are 10 or 11 years old. They sit entry tests or they sit testing in year six, which is then used to predict GCSE grades in year 11, five years later. So these children are sat uh, in, under exam conditions. Um, they produce English and maths related work. There's other kind of testing as well, just to test to see how, how capable they are at age 10 or 11. And again, this data is then pushed forward five years and it tells them what they're supposed to get not what they will get what they're supposed to get when they finish their studies in year 11 five years later now some schools find this data quite problematic in that quite a lot happens to a child in that five years uh, family life changes context uh, is different for many students they can go from being part of quite an affluent background with lots of access to cultural capital to a family situation that breaks down when mum and dad separate and things change. Uh, friendships change, uh, where they live changes, and sometimes a pandemic hits and going to school changes. So this, this data is not rock solid. However, the inspectors from Ofsted use this data to tell us whether students have achieved above their potential, below their potential, and they also use it to judge a school's performance. So for example, a student at the age of 10 
does their test, they're then told in six years' time they're going to get lots of sevens, eights and nines in GCSE, maths, English, science, uh, geography, history, all the other exciting subjects they can do. Now, when the results are finally published, the inspectors then look at the final grades and they look at the predicted grades and when they don't match up, if they're lower, they're deciding that these students are underachieving. Now, we could query and question that data all day long, but we're not going to here. I'll just give you an insight into what's happening in schools or some of the schools that I've been to and carried out my research for my uh, education doctorate. Um, there's a transition. The pupils come from multiple schools into a senior school or a comprehensive school or secondary school, whatever you want to call it. They come from sometimes six, seven, eight, nine, ten different schools or from across the world in some cases. Some of them turn up with no English. Some of them turn up with three or four friends from their original school. Um, but what we find is that most of them would have covered different content in different schools, with different teachers, at different levels of complexity. So the job for the comprehensive, the senior, the secondary school, is to somehow pitch their lessons at students to engage them all. I mean, this cannot be an easy task. It isn't an easy task. You have people who can do maths at level four, five, and six already in year seven. You've got others who are struggling with level one, two, and three. So the teacher's first job is to ascertain where these learners are at. And that doesn't happen overnight. That can take quite a long time, uh, sometimes six months in the case of some schools. Now, there's also another issue, which is all kind of woven together to give you, I think, an explanation as to why these children are not achieving the grades they're expected to. Another issue is staff turnover. Um, lots of secondary schools have staff lasting two, three, four, five years where they rapidly accelerate through a promotion system, don't hang around in the school they're at and then move on to the next promotion, another school uh, which leaves a vacancy behind, which is then filled by someone younger, maybe less experienced. Uh, and this um, taking on new staff that are younger and less experienced is often a result of budget restraints. Um, it can be heard that we could have the 10 years experience, but it will cost us several thousand pounds more. And at this point in time, we've got to keep the lights on. So schools are in this dilemma. They've got their priorities. Who do they employ? Who do they recruit? So what we've got is quite high staff turnover in lots of schools. People leaving the profession and classes of kids getting multiple teachers, multiple substitute teachers um, for quite a sustained period of time. Year seven, eight and nine tend to be the year groups that are given to new staff new to the school, new to teaching, uh, with less experience. Now, I'm not saying these less experienced teachers cannot teach. Uh, they certainly can most of the time. But in any new job, you need to find your feet and ascertain your style and get used to your environment. And being given a class of year seven students and year eight students who have come from different schools, they don't know each other, your first priority tends to be pastorally, to settle them in. And the second priority is then 
to kind of level the playing field. So imagine the schools trying, put their students in order, try to uh, control behaviour. They've got groups of 30. And then these groups of 30 have then got different teachers all day. They've come from a situation where they had one teacher, they had one classroom, they had their own desk, and they had 30 friends around them. That's all changed for them. They've grown up over a summer. They've got new expectations. They've gone from being the oldest kids in town, in the school, to the youngest. And it's quite daunting. Meanwhile, the school is putting their new, less experienced, younger teachers to teach these children. They've got ability gaps. They've not been set at this point, And it's just difficult. And then what you find is the experienced teachers at the other end are taking the exam groups. And these guys are as experienced as they can be in some schools if they can hang on to the stuff. But these, these guys are rapidly trying to plug gaps which haven't been identified lower down the school. Um, and they, in one school that I went to, they're trying to do it in one year. So in year seven, eight, nine and ten, they've got the less experienced teachers. There's crowd control issues. There's staff turnover. There's a lot of substitute teachers coming and going. And, you know, these guys are just coming to plug a gap. They're not particularly teaching beyond what they need to. Uh, on several occasions, they'll come in, they'll read out the cover notices um, and see the day through as best they can. So you've got the experienced teachers at the other end rapidly trying to get students who are expected to get seven, eight and nine up from levels that are far lower because they haven't been exposed to the higher level of teaching or the experienced teaching that will get them those higher grades. The, the gap between their predicted grade and their final grade starts to grow early on in year seven, eight and nine, where they're in groups that are just too big. They're with teachers that aren't experienced or have been taught how to differentiate. There's a big gap in teacher training on how to set work for the more able children to keep them moving. And the priority for schools comes down to teaching the mid-range students, those students who were what we would call C, D candidates, moving that D candidate to a C because that looks good for a school reporting system. They're now the students who are grade three and moving them to a grade four becomes priority, again, for issues of reporting. So we've got this lack of specific training. We've got experienced teachers at one end of the school and inexperienced teachers at the other. Uh, and this gulf between them, where the experienced teachers then become the experienced teachers later on and then they leave. And the cycle begins again. The schools are in an incredibly difficult position, trying to make sure they're catering for the majority, whereas we know the minority at the top, the minority at the top end of the ability spectrum, are kind of getting left behind. Um, having interviewed several, they feel like they feel undervalued, they feel demotivated because the teacher's time is being dragged and pushed and pulled all over the place by low ability pupils, by pupils who are misbehaving, uh, disrupting learning, taking up disproportionate amount of teachers' time. So it's an incredibly challenging situation these learners find themselves in. They want to do well, they want to explore new content 
but they're just finding it incredibly difficult. And what we're finding is a lot of the high grade content isn't being taught because teachers cannot get to it. So you've got this kind of situation where teachers are trying to level the playing field to start with, which means the more able are dropping back, they're covering content they've done before and not moving at the pace they want to be moving at. For me personally, I would advocate for a specialist to come back just like the gifted and talented coordinator for years gone by without that title any title would do as long as it was for the more able students to help them achieve they need to be there to train staff how to support the more academically able they need to be part of a working body within schools to try to address the balance of where your best teachers are teaching and helping to develop your new staff so that they can cope with the changing demands in schools. Schools have personnel to deal with behaviour. They've got personnel to support learning needs, pupil premium monitors. Some schools have diversity and inclusion mentors. They have academic coordinators. They've got elite sports representatives, but very few have a member of staff who's responsible for addressing the problem of challenge for the more able. I would argue that it's only fair, given the provisions so many other learners are getting that we start to take this seriously the teaching towards the top rather than towards trying to get a good school report is becoming the challenge in schools need to give this consideration the creation of this post i think within a school would bring benefits there is evidence that teaching beyond expectations of the lower grade pupils brings them up Teaching the higher grade material to the higher grade students will give them access to the higher grades and this can all be beneficial to the school. I'm going to stop there. Um, I hope you found that interesting. If you've got any questions, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear what you had to say. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please get in touch or perhaps go and have a look at my website. There isn't particularly much material based around what I've just said, but you might something in, find something useful there. It's www.academiccoach.org.uk. Thank you. <laughs>